This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. In the Gospels, it says, judge not, lest ye be judged. So I don't know about the rest of you, but when I grew up, what that connoted was this guy in the sky, the super god, who is there with the ledger. And it's one more reason why I might be going to hell. (laughs) That is not what it means. That is not what it means at all. That's a complete misunderstanding of it. So if you listen to that song, we're walking through life and we have a storm that's going on and we're holding tight to an umbrella believing that we are in a storm. Meanwhile, all this time, there's a rainbow over us, but we're not seeing it because we're committed to the idea of being in a storm. That's what our habit of judging does for us. That's the umbrella that keeps us in the storm. We are not being judged by someone else. Well, we might be, I mean, because we're all doing it, right? We're all judging, so that means we're gonna get judged by others as well. But the primary person that is injured when we judged, when we judge is us. Because what we're doing is we're narrowing our vision Instead of seeing this whole world of possibilities that is always existing. Because creation is not a thing that happened billions of years ago with the Big Bang and then it was like, check, done. It's not. It's an ongoing process. And we are creators. And we are part of that process. We are always creating and we create through our consciousness. So when our consciousness is in alignment with the divine, with the truth of our being, we are creating amazing things. But when our consciousness is in alignment with that umbrella, with that restriction of rules and how we think we're supposed to be, then we create misery. We judge ourselves and we judge each other. We judge that there are limits to what we can do, that there is something about us that is wrong, that is unlovable. We do that all the time, and it's not truth. I got some little videos from Jim Pasmore, who many of you know. Um, For those of you who don't, he's one of our ministers here. And he is turning 82, 81 in November. So he he was in this CrossFit contest that he got into because his grandson owns a CrossFit gym. And so I think he wanted to play with his grandson. But he's, I mean, he's always been a fit guy. And in, I mean, he caves and he does all kinds of crazy things. But, but he had this wonderful experience in this whole crazy contest that he was in. And he's showing me videos and he's climbing up spider ropes and he's, he's lugging really heavy things around and he's, he's 
lifting weights and lowering them. And, and he said, oh, it was so much fun. He is not judging his life based on his age and society's rules about what somebody is supposed to be able to do or not. In contrast, I was reading, I don't know if some of you may get Maria Shriver's Sunday paper. It's a wonderful online publication and she was talking about aging and all these people that she knows who are in their 20s and 30s who are saying, oh, I'm too old for that. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a feeling, but it's also, it's also a judgment. It's also a judgment. I know I, I have a, a several grandchildren, and so one of the things that I have discovered is that I don't get to use the age card to get out of doing what they want me to do. You know, if I say, oh, I'm too old for that, they, no, <laughs> you have to do it. That's how I want to play. <laughs> so we have these judgments and they're not serving us. They're not serving us at all. And there's nothing divine about it. There's a story in the gospel about um, Jesus, and this is close to the end of his ministry, and the the Pharisees and the scribes are trying desperately to find something to pin on him so that they can get rid of this troublemaker who is not lining up with their rules of how they think things are supposed to be. So they find this woman that is caught in the act of adultery. And what they're saying is, we caught her right in the act. Now, notice they didn't bring the guy. They only brought her. But they're saying, you know, there's a rule about this. They're, she's not supposed to be doing this, right? And they're trying to trap him. What are you going to say about this? Because there are clearly rules that this is not okay. And so he just, he's sitting there and he's just drawing in the sand, trying to ignore them. And they're, they're not willing to be ignored. So they keep on him. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about her? So he says, all right. Whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone, because stoning was the punishment in their rules. And so they're uh, and slowly they're backing away until there's nobody left. And all this time he's just writing in the sand, waiting them out. And he looks up and there's nobody there. He says to the woman, oh, nobody condemned you? She said, no. He said, I'm not going to either. Just go on. Sin no more, he says, but really he's saying, go on, just do your best. That's, he is the one who embodied divinity. He was so in touch with the source of his being that he called the Father, that he knew judging was not something that worked, and he wasn't going to engage in it. And so that idea that we have of the super God in the sky from our childhood, it's like, that is not accurate. 
He's showing us what's accurate. He's not going to judge. And we should not judge either. There's, some of you may be familiar with what's called the drama triangle. So if you picture it, there's a victim, and there's a villain, and there's a rescuer. And in our life, we often, there's a big, what people that I studied with said is there's a race for the victim seat, you know. Well, you did this, yeah, but you did that, you know, and, and which one of us is the victim here? Because we want to be on that victim seat. I don't know why we want to be on that victim seat. Because there's no power when you're on the victim seat. I mean, by definition, you're, you're a victim of whatever is happening to you, all these villains that are out there. Until in comes, the superhero who's going to rescue you. Our, our cartoons are filled with superheroes, right? It seems like there's more of them all the time. <laughs> because we love the drama triangle. We identify with the victim. Few of us identify with the villain, but we know a lot of them. And because we identify with the victim, we don't have any way to stand up for ourselves, and so we need a rescuer. Now, sometimes we're the rescuer, but it's for some other victim. And it's just this vicious triangle. You can't get out of it while you are in a belief structure where you are judging yourself or others as a victim and somebody else as a villain. You can't get out of it. But if you take 100% responsibility, you can step out of that and into a different triangle. And in this different triangle, instead of being a victim, you are now a creator, which we know is truth. We are creators. We are creators of this life experience we're having. No matter what it is that is happening, we are creating that through how we are seeing it. I'm sure you've had the experience where um, I was in a class the other day and I had assigned this book. And so one person after another is saying, oh my gosh, this book is amazing. And I love this book, that's why I assigned the book. Um, and then somebody says, well, I hesitated to speak because I hated this book. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's all right, fine, so she hated the book. We all have our own experience, no matter what it is that's happening. We come at it from who we have been and what we are thinking. So we are the creators of our experience. And these other people that we've been calling villains, they're actors. They're actors on the stage. When we go to theaters, we don't, I mean, we might love to hate the villain in the on the play, but we don't think that about the actor. It's just a role, and it's usually a very juicy role. It's a role that actors really like to get 
because there's so much dimension to it often. So we're creators and there are actors. And over here where there used to be rescuers, there are coaches that we can lean on to get some support when we, when we feel like, oh, I can't quite see what I'm doing here. And so we bring in a coach. This is an, it's called the empowerment triangle. And there, there's no judgment in it. Over here, with the victims and the villains, is nothing but judgment. And what this produces is pain. We hurt. We hurt when we feel like we're victims. We hurt if we think we've been villains or somebody else thinks we're villains. And it's a lot of work to be the rescuer. This is all about pain. Over here in the empowerment triangle is possibility. We could create anything. There are infinite possibilities. And that's what is available for us as creators if we step away from judging. Yesterday, Jeff and I went out for a hike at Benham Falls, and I was, I have this thought really every time I go, but I particularly was thinking it yesterday because I was so into the idea of the talk and what am I gonna say and all these things mulling around in my head. And I was walking in nature and looking at the beauty of it and realizing that there's so much in nature that one could criticize and judge. Oh, you know, those leaves are turning brown or um, that tree fell down or there's bugs on the dirt or I, I don't know, whatever it is. But I don't have those thoughts as I'm out in nature. I'm just so filled with the beauty and the perfection of it. Isn't that true for you when you go out? You're not on a judge fest, are you? <laughs> you just, you feel, you feel you're at home. Because we are, we are nature. And there we are in this community that is not judging us and we're not judging it. And that feels so good. That's what we're here to create, is a community like that. That's what a wild soul sanctuary is. It's a place where we can just be here and be who we are, who we are today. It doesn't have to be our final answer. We're always growing, always at choice to try something new. It's always okay if we flub it up. Being perfect is an idea that has gotten twisted in our understanding. Being perfect 
We judge means we've got everything right. All dimensions are according to somebody's rules. Not ours, but society's. I was reading this morning about how young men have got an issue, or maybe men of all ages, I don't know, with having to be all bulked up and muscly. And it was talking about this man who had starred in one of the Twilight movies, and he wanted to get a role in the next one, but he was gonna be replaced because he wasn't bulked up enough. And so even though he was only 17 years old and, and not at all finished growing, He's going through regimens with going to the gym and eating double the amount of calories he normally would, and, and um, maybe he was taking some of the supplements that are harmful but put muscle on you. But it was all because he had this idea in his head that society was supporting. He was judging himself as not enough. Now, women have been going through that for years from the other end as too much rather than not enough, at least since Twiggy in the 60s when that was the model. Then anorexia and bulimia have been problems. We do great harm to ourselves and others by these judgments that have nothing to do with truth. But as a spiritual community and as individuals who have spiritual principles to hold on to, we have the ability to go into the silence and to ask ourselves, what is true for me? Where is my value? What is possible? Letting passion be the thing that drives us, like what Claire was saying about Nico. Sure, sure he would be afraid to get up here, not just and play with these professionals, but no improv with these professionals who are all making it up as they go in harmony with each other on his first time playing with more than one person. Of course he would be afraid. But the passion is from inside. He was aligned with that. And that's who we are. When we go inside, we find these beautiful, passionate, creative dreams. And we find love. We find a bountiful supply of love the creative force that made everything that is. And with that power, if we choose to love ourselves and one another, we create paradise. And we get to stay there. In the story of the Garden of Eden, what went wrong was that people turned to the tree of good and evil. They ate of the fruit of duality, and the fruit of duality, seeing things, judging things as good and evil, is suffering. It's pain. 
It's feeling on the outside. It's struggle. All of those things that we know so well. That's a mystical truth that the Bible is teaching. That experience comes from judging things as good or evil. But the divine is holy good. That's all it is. And from last week, remember, with the Big Bang, the holy good is everywhere. But we don't see it when we're judging because we have limited ourselves. We can't see the rainbow. We can only feel that umbrella and feel the anguish of the storm that's no longer raging except in our heads, our judging heads. So, we want to recognize that it's time to stop, get off the stage with the Big Bang, the longest running theater act has ever begun, and it's still ongoing. And it appears that there are villains and victims everywhere we turn. But we do not have to subscribe to that. We can go within. We can get back to paradise, where we align with the divine, where we walk in the garden of stillness, And when we're in a place of stillness and we look at the ashes around us of different experiences, if we're in stillness, we may find that a phoenix rises from those ashes because there's space for it in the stillness. So in the stillness, let's reflect on that. Nico, would you come up and give us some meditation music to be in? So just close your eyes. And as you're in meditation, I just invite you to think about the places where you judge yourself or you judge others and see if you could just set them down Let them be browning needles on a pine tree that in itself is beautiful. 